Then you will truly be success. And we know all things work together for the good. The good. And we know all things work together for the good. The good. To those who love God, to those who are called, according to His purpose, it's His purpose, not mine. And we know all things work together for the good, the good, and we know all Good morning. How are you, Deborah? Hey, how are you? How are you? How are you? Thank you all for sending me some love yesterday, the emails and the text messages and the posts. Uh, God is so faithful. I want to start by asking you to go with me to, hey, Ruth, Ruth, we got 164 in the room. I want you to go with me to Ruth and I want you to never get used to me, all right? Because in this season, I am fully committing to doing what God has told me to do, how he's told me to do it. So there is not going to be a predictable pattern. There are moments where God will say, listen, I need you to talk to these individuals directly. And there are moments that he will tell me, hey, put this out there before the world and record. And then there are moments that he will say, nope, I want them to have one-on-one -on -one conversation with me. So that's why we're changing it up every once in a while. All right, go with me to Ruth, the first chapter. And I'm gonna be reading from the NIV the entire chapter, Ruth 1 through 22. Get your friends in, get your friends in, get your friends in, get your friends in, text them, text them. You don't want to miss this. All right. Ruth 1, NIV. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband died and she was left there with two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. 
But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to two sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Verse 15, look, Naomi, your sister-in-law's going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, even if death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. And that ends the reading this morning. I want you to put it in the chat. I want you to put it in the notes. Divine departures. I want you to put it in the chat, put it in the notes. Divine departures. Uh-oh. 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 Divine departures. In kindergarten, I needed a teacher who would introduce me to colors and numbers. And my teacher did that. And I learned. In middle school, I needed a librarian who would expose me to books and encyclopedias. Man, I wish that we were still in the era of encyclopedias in libraries. They taught me what I needed, I learned it. In college, I needed a professor who would provide me with the foundations necessary to major in my subject English. But in grad school, I needed a specialist who would challenge everything I thought I knew in order to help me find my voice and my calling. My kindergarten teacher was necessary for a season, but eventually I outgrew her. I needed something more. I valued her contribution, but if I had stayed in kindergarten out of loyalty, I would have stunted my own growth and compromised my purpose. Many of us feel guilty because like our favorite t-shirt worn pre-puberty, we have outgrown certain people, places, and things. Our loyalty has become a liability because we don't know how to graduate 
from one experience to the next without confrontation. But I came to tell you today that there is such a thing as a divine departure. Just because they are no longer compatible with you does not mean they have never been valuable to you. This is the issue with most of us when it's time to change positions, when it's time to depart, when it is time to leave. We have to create conflict in order to transition well. But just because they are no longer compatible with you today doesn't mean they've never been valuable to you yesterday. And at the same time, you can no longer settle for an expired situation. You can no longer dim your light simply because the people you love don't want to grow. They are giving you what you used to need. And it's nothing worse than to be connected to someone who's giving you what you used to need. Before you give yourself away, make sure you're not giving yourself to someone who is giving you what you used to need. You have moved forward. They forgot to hit the refresh button. Maybe you need someone from the outside to tell you inside truth. You, my friend, are not the person you were in college. You, my friend, you're not the insecure individual they met when you used to depend on people for validation and value. You are wiser. You are stronger. You are resourceful. You are anointed. Everything in your life has graduated except the relationships you refuse to let go of. It's time to cut the cord. It's time to cut the cord because your future depends on it. You are a gallon size full of love asking pint people to fill you up. It's time to cut the cord. You are a gallon size full of love expecting pint people to fill you up and you can fill them up to the point that they overflow. But even at their greatest capacity, they could never give you what you need. Recalibrate your poor and find people who match your capacity. That's the typical nature of this text. When we hear the subject of Ruth, Orpah and Naomi, we automatically jump to some very good advice around relationships. But I wanna to submit to you that there are some other things that we can learn as it relates to assignment, calling, and destiny. Again, purpose is the vehicle. Passion is the fuel. Assignment is a temporary rest stop. And in this particular text, I think that Ruth, Orpah, and Naomi teach us something powerful about assignments. Number one, Every assignment doesn't have to assassinate your joy. Number two, every departure does not have to be devastating. What if they were just done? I think we missed something that I want to point out because if we read scripture and let the text do the work, you will discover something absolutely genius. I've never heard anybody preach about it. I've never heard anybody point it out. I've never heard anybody say this, but did you know Ruth loved Orpah and Orpah loved Ruth and Orpah and Ruth loved Naomi just the same. 
In this particular text, we tend to give Ruth the hero award of loyalty and Orpah the bankruptcy bill because she left too soon. But I want to point your attention to Ruth 1 and 8. Then Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, go back to your mother's home. The first thing, they would have never left on their own. But sometimes Naomi is so unsure about the people in her circle because sorrow and grief have gripped her into the realization that she's not worthy of love, that Naomi sends people away that never asked to leave. It did not say that Ruth nor Naomi, Ruth nor Orpah got tired of Naomi. It didn't say that they said, I want to get married. It didn't say that they walked into the living room and they said, hey, I know this is gonna be a tough pill to swallow, but I'm young and you're old and my husband is gone. No, the Bible says that Naomi, who could potentially have been gripped with grief, is intoxicated with the question, who will stay with me and wakes up and she tells them to leave before they leave her. You see, many of us have an insecurity where we don't want them to say goodbye first, so we tell them goodbye soon. too soon. We leave before they leave. We hang up before they hang up because we don't want to feel the rejection of love leaving us before we get to leave them. You're trying to dictate the roles and relationships in your relationships. You're trying to dictate the chess pieces because the truth of the matter is you have a fear of rejection. You don't feel worthy of these two daughters. So you're pushing people away. In other words, you're self-sabotaging. Then she goes back and says, may the Lord show you kindness. She gives them a beautiful benediction. The next verse, verse nine says, may the Lord grant each of you rest in the home of another husband. She's pronouncing over them something that they did not even ask for. And when you do not have clarity around the people who are connected to you, you will bless them in a way that you think they want, not necessarily asking them what is the blessing. But this is how I know Orpah and Ruth had the same heart. The next verse, she kissed them goodbye and they wept aloud and said to her, I think we've missed this. Put it in the chat, Ruth 1 and 10. We will go back with you to your people. My Lord, all my life as a kid, they told me that it was Ruth who says, nope, I ain't going. I'm staying and you're going to love me. But it was Ruth and Orpah that say, we will go back. In other words, stop pushing me away. I am assigned not just to your mountain. I am assigned to your valley. Stop telling me you don't need me. I can tell that you don't want to be alone and I will go with you. It is better to go with you than to have two husbands. You're pushing me away because of your grief. You're pushing me away because of your sorrow. You're pushing me away because you've never known a love that stayed without staying for a particular ulterior motive but stop pushing me away because I'm here to stay. And Naomi doesn't get the lesson the first time. She pushes them away again by 11. 
But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husband? Return home, my daughters. Here it is again in verse 12. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to two sons, who said anything about a husband? There are some divine connections that are not rooted in intimacy sexually. There are some divine connections that are not rooted in you giving me what you think I need. You told me three times to go away. So I can't be surprised when Orpah takes my advice. Could it be that the reason that many people have departed from you is because you bought the ticket and told them to leave? Could it be that you insisted even when they said they were not? Could it be that you told them because of your history, because of your pathology, because of your pain, that I'm not worthy of your stay? And Orpah simply gave you what you asked for. I think that we give Orpah a bad rap, but what I know to be true now is that there is such a thing as divine departures. There is such a thing as necessary endings. There is such a thing as being grateful that it happened, sad that it's over, but the refusal to settle, to stay stuck. It's possible to be grateful that it happened, sad that it's over and refuse to stay stuck. It's possible to be grateful that it happened, sad that it's over, but refuse to stay stuck. In this 21st century cancel culture, I am so concerned about churches who take on principles from the world, cut them off, block them now, delete them today, remove your life, cut them out. I don't see Jesus doing that with people that he was called to. I see Jesus doing that with people who did not understand his calling. He shook the dust from his hometown when they continued to relegate him a carpenter boy instead of Christ. And when they relegate you to their first impression of you, you can do no miracles there. So you must shake the dust. But I do not see God telling all of us to block, unfollow, and delete. What I do see is that there comes a time in your graduation experience where you realize they are giving me what I used to need. But that's not over. They go on in verse 14, they wept aloud again. They wept aloud again. They, including Orpah, wept aloud again. Because there are some people who leave because you asked them to, and it still hurts them. Stop thinking that their leaving gave them joy. If I could interview Orpah today and ask, why did you leave? I believe Orpah would say, because she told me to. There's nothing wrong with the Wi-Fi. I want that point to sink in. If I had interviewed, if Oprah had interviewed Orpah, I believe Orpah would say, I left because she told me to. Stop sabotaging divine assignments because you don't feel you are worthy. 
there are some people who are called to you without anything that you give them. There are some people that just want to be around you. There are some people that God has assigned to your life that will not hurt you the way you have experienced hurt. Stop sending them away. There is such a thing as a divine departure. Sometimes it's not that it was bad, it's just that it's done. So as you assess your assignments, make sure you first ask, did they tell me they didn't want to be here? Then ask, has God healed me from the pain of my last grief? Because when we are drunk in grief, we make difficult decisions that we regret in the present. And that impacts the way Orpah and Ruth see us in the future. The last thing, and I'll let you go, that I don't ever hear them preach about. I hear them talk about Ruth saying, where you go, I go. I hear them telling me, Ruth saying, where you die, I'll die. But what they don't preach about is how Ruth moved on to, Lord have mercy. You cannot tell me in chapter two that Ruth gets married to Boaz and now Ruth, Boaz, and Naomi are in the same bed. You can't tell me that after Ruth gets married that now Ruth says everywhere that Boaz and I go, Ruth, you gotta come with me. It's impossible for you to have a covenant with a Boaz and Naomi stay the same. So what this says to me is that even the people who are loyal, they're gonna leave too. And if leaving looks different, they're still going to leave. So stop being caught up on what they say and be clear about the assignment in their lives because Ruth still had to leave because leaving looks different when you fall in love. And Naomi, even though you needed Ruth, and even though you needed Orpah, what you truly need is a God who will sustain you even when people walk away. You see, this is the shifting of seasons. It is a necessary ending and there is no hero and there is no villain. This is called life. Ecclesiastes says there is a time and a place for everything. So you, Elsa, must let it go. You must let it go because if you refuse to let it go, you'll be locked into the relational equity of a friendship that wasn't meant to be your God. If you don't let it go, then you will assume that every time you transition, everybody else has to transition too. You need to let it go. And I pray that God will give you the heart consistent with your assignment. I'm a teacher. Much more, I am a professor. As a professor slash pastor, sometimes I struggle because I spend all semester long learning names of students who are not going to stay. So for six months, I learn your name. I learn your syntax. I learn the things you love. I learn where you work. I had a student last year at Bloomfield College. She comes into the school. I find that every time she comes, she's late. When she finally tells me why, she says, because I have to bring my mother to chemo. And as a result, I have to be late. I have three kids and my mother is dying, but I'm still coming to school. I fell in love with this young lady. And I told her, whatever you need to do, I will help you. When she emailed me, she would come late. I told her, don't even worry about it. Stay home. When she emailed me, she had to miss 
the final because her mother died the day before. I told her, don't worry about the final. I got you. You can make it up whenever. But if I'm honest, the teacher in me was in conflict with the pastor in me because even though she was done with that particular course, I wasn't done with still pastoring her. And I still reached out to her after her period of expiration, even though it wasn't a bad ending, it was a necessary one because she could not stay my student in first year writing. At a certain point, she had to move on. The issue was me. I was Naomi. I didn't know how to manage relationships. I didn't see how God could help me as a professor to move forward. And then I prayed, Lord, give me a heart consistent with my assignment. Help me, oh God, to look at my life and the areas that you've called me to and teach me how to have a revolving door around those people that you've only anointed me for for this season and to have permanent stops in those places where you're supposed to plant me for a reason. I pray now that God would give you a heart consistent with your assignment so that you are not grieving something that is a natural order of things so that you are not stuck even though your students have got to graduate and at the end of the day, you've got to let it go. So Father, this is my prayer, that we would not try to take the place of you, that you are the constant, that everything else is the variable. Help us, God, not to vilify people who leave. Help us, God, not to idolize people who stay. Help us, O oh Lord, to realize that even the person that makes the promise sometimes goes back on his or her word. And we know it to be true because we did it. Now, God, I ask you to help us to have a proper assessment of our assignment so that we are not sabotaging things that wanted to stay and then leaving things that wanted to go. What I know to be true is that those who are called to you won't leave and those who are not can't stay. Let it go. seem to fall asleep there was so much on my mind searching for that peace but peace I could not find so then I knelt down to pray praying help me please then he said you don't have to cry Cause I'll supply all your needs Soon as I stop worrying And gave it to God I surrender all And that's when And I stopped That's when I let go and I let God Listen, there was so much going on Sometimes I couldn't find my way And oftentimes I struggled Struggled from day to day I had to realize that it's not my bad 
It's not my battle to fight I had to know if I put it in its hands That everything would be alright As soon as I stopped worrying I couldn't sleep at night So I had to let go And then it began to change And then it began to change I had to let go I let God Let God have His way So let go and release control Cause God is smarter than me He knows how to handle it He knows how to handle them Exodus 14, 14 says The Lord will fight your battles You need only to be still Come on, everybody say Let go let God, let go, let God, let go, let God, let go, let God, surrender control, surrender control, God can handle it, He is smart, He is better, He is stronger. direct your path so I let go